All right. Happy Halloween, everybody, and welcome to the basement. Just a little announcement before we get started with the episode. Once again, here I am plugging it. If you are a fan of horror films, hot sauce, and craft beer, then you should tune in every other Sunday night on YouTube Live at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Hot Genre Topics. It's the other show I've been doing in my spare time with my good buddy and co-host, Generic C., Over there, we kick off the show talking about all the horror films we watched in between episodes that have aired, and we down some unbearable hot sauce, and we plug a craft beer from a craft brewery somewhere in the country uh, that we're sipping on while we're doing so. And in the back end of the episode, we have a topic, and if you tuned in last night, we were talking about undead creatures, your zombies, your vampires, your whatever else we could conjure uh, into a horror movie to scare the ever-loving shit out of us. It's been three episodes. Uh, We switched over to YouTube after the first episode, so the episode two and episode three are still available for re-airs on our YouTube live page for Hot Genre Topics. I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. Subscribe, watch them, hang out with us. It was a good first month of that show, and we're going to keep things going into November and December because we're doing about 10 episodes per season. Uh, It's a lot of fun. We're going to see how this thing grows. It's been a lot of fun. Now, speaking of craft beer, on today's show, I have one of the people behind Scarlet Lane Brewing out in the greater Indianapolis area, or Indiana per se. There's a few different satellite locations, I believe I'm told. For any horror fans, this brewery is definitely your spot. Uh, Just check out their Instagram page or just give them a follow. Uh, it is a perfect blend of beer and horror films. I should maybe try to like get some beer and put it on hot genre topics and plug them. I've never been to Indiana, okay? <laughs> and now I have a, an extreme desire to make a pilgrimage out there and check this place out. And it also helps that my guest, who also is behind a place like Scarlet Lane Brewing, is a writer of a film that I absolutely worshipped that dropped this past summer on Shudder, late August, I believe. The film, of course, is glorious, directed by Rebecca McKendry, and the story to how this thing got made is incredible and I think really inspiring to writers and filmmakers who are trying to make their way up the ladder or try to get stuff made in the industry. Today I'm joined by Joshua Hull, one of the writers of the film Glorious. He also got a book published that I'm very, very intrigued by, and if you're a film snob of movies that never got made... Uh, you should also check out. There's a link to purchase the book in the show notes of this show. Uh, let's get this one rocking and rolling. This is a real treat for Halloween. Welcome to the basement. Some of you know that listen to me know that I write some articles on the internet every now and then. And um, I had a article published about a film that dropped back in August on Shutter. A lot of buzz leading up to it. Uh, the film Glorious. And um, this is probably one of the most insane plots ever I've <laughs> watched in a movie, just saw unravel. One of the best films I've seen of this year. So it's an honor to have Joshua Hull, one of the co-writers of that film on the podcast today to wrap up the month of October with me as well. Dude, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. And thanks thanks for all the kind words about the movie as well. 
Yeah, um, that, that was. Uh, <laughs> I I I just like we'll we'll touch on glorious um, a little little later on. I'll cap off the show with it or some of the tail end here, but I'll just say it ahead of time. Uh, that movie kicks off for thirty minutes. Uh, like you almost kind of want to laugh along with it and everything, but when it gets to where it's going, there's just so much dread. I felt they, they, like I love a yeah. movie that twists like that. Yeah, yeah, and we can we'll obviously talk about that later. But yeah, I, I thought uh, Rebecca did such a brilliant job of just balancing the tone of of everything. So yeah, she's a great director. She's a great director. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, I don't know her personally. We've just swapped Instagram likes before, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, dude, I actually wanted to kick things off, you know, with whatever you can tell me, I got a few questions, but outside of writing some really cool stuff that has been out there in the world, you, like we said, right before we started recording, uh, you're part owner of a brewery out in Indiana, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Scarlet Lane Brewing Company here in, uh, based out of McCordsville, Indiana. Uh, but then we have three satellite locations as well throughout, um, downtown Indianapolis. And so, yeah, it's, uh, I, I've been brewing beer with them. I started about seven years ago. And so, um, it's just been, you know, growing with the company and building up that aspect of, uh, creativity and just really, you know, obviously I, I love beer, so it's nice to, to be, to have a hand in, in that. And then, um, yeah, we also, we're, do, we're the official beer of horror. So we do a lot of, um, a ton of horror stuff all year long, not just in October. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun gig. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll have to make like a pilgrimage out there at some point. Yeah, it's a, yeah. that, that's a, I always like kind of like concept breweries if that's what maybe I could call it, but you know, being a horror movie fan and whatnot, of course I'll go to a horror movie themed brewery sure. setup. Um, yeah, I think, I think it was, you know, when, when they started, it was more like literature kind of horror, but then once I came on, it, it sort of took a whole new diving into like horror movies, all that aspect. And so we, we just kind of figured, you know what, all the, the, the three out of the, you know, like the four people that are, or, or three out of the five people that are at our top are like massive horror people. So it just made sense to, you know, make it our passion and make it, make it about the company just, you know, and, and living with that every day. It's like, we have people come in in like July and they're like, it's a little early for um, Halloween decorations. Isn't it? And we're just like, you know, it's like, um, this is every day. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what's, uh, what's on the menu over there right now? Do you want to plug anything? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, by the time this, this airs, when is this going to air? It's, uh, this will air on <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> okay. So we, um, every year we launch a, a special Halloween, um, pumpkin seed beer. And so, um, it's, it's, it's only around for a week. It, it, it's done at Halloween. And so this year we did a, um, a, like a salted caramel pumpkin seed, um, with lactose. It's pretty, it's pretty good. And so it's, you know, it's all, it's a limited time, but other than that, you know, everything we, we do is, um, it's, del- I'm biased, but I, I, I like everything that we do. You know, we have a, a, a brown ale that I love. All of our stouts are great. So, and we really do a lot of great IPAs as well. Are you a stout or like an IPA guy? I, you know, what, what's funny is I was a stout guy. That's what got me in the door here, uh, just to drink beer. And then um, 
yeah, I guess about, about two years worth of like drinking stouts pretty nonstop. I was like, okay, I got to go, um, you know, and, and so now I'm, I'm more of like an IPA lager kind of guy where, you know, it's very rare where I'll have a stout now, but, and, and I also like our brown ale, I think it's a, it's a brown sugar cinnamon brown ale. So it's like, to me, it's my favorite beer. And so I'll, I'll definitely go heavy on that while, while it's in season. So, but, but mostly IPA and lagers right now. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I, what about uh, you? What about you? I am, um, so I'd have to say most of my twenties, I still drank like I was underage. Like it was like my Bud Lights and my Budweiser's. Jägermeister shots nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to say when like my wife and I started dating, she like, I mean, we're there's still a ways from like really getting into like craft beer for me, but like I, she just like started introducing me to like Guinness. Okay. And I was like, I'm not drinking dark beer. I'm not drinking this dark <laughs> stuff. Like there's, you know, it has that, you know, Irish beer kind of has that, you know, eclectic flavor to it, oh, yeah. but I fell in love with dark beer. And I really just like, it got into a phase where every time my wife and I we would go out to um, any, we, we were brewery people. We, we will go brewery hopping rather than bar hopping. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was just like stout after stout, after milk stout, chocolate stout, anything anything dark and then like i had to put a stop to it and i started diving into ipas and i've been kind of on an ipa kit there's stuff out there that like just all just not for me but um for the most part i'd say like the last few years and i know like there's like an internet craze now people who love ipas getting made fun of i don't give a shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah No, I'm the same way. I mean, like that, that's why we make so many of them. We're like, listen, you can make fun of it all you want, but we know yeah, it sells. Yeah. And that IPA sells, you know. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's funny. Well, the thing is with IPAs, like I can drink like three, and like a stout, I'm just like, oh, I get sluggish. Yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. all right, all right. No, that that's such a cool little sidebar thing. I wanted to kick it off with. Yeah, uh, it's fun. It's cool. You know, they they uh, they were super supportive of glorious. They made we made a glorious beer. Yeah, um you know, for, the, for the release it's a cosmic blue um it was awesome and so um yeah yeah it's just it's really cool it's it's you know every day of my life revolves around horror and beer and you know it's it's pretty awesome yeah man perfect segue here um i saw a photo you posted uh, about your new office setup that you're in right now and i can tell how kind of cool it is uh <laughs> just by some of the posters there um you are a huge horror fan. Uh, I mean, this, I would say the month of October, I, I mean, honestly, I interview horror filmmakers, writers all year long, pretty much, but I feel like in October, it really, this is really where I get things cranking here. Uh, so it's good to cap off the month of October with you. Um, so let me ask you like the million dollar question. Like, was it always the genre for you? Like what, what, or what got you into it or anything, you know? Yeah, I yeah, it's it's always it was always that you know my mom um, got me into it at a very yeah I come from a very big family so um, you know we grew up on a uh, a eight acre farm you know it had a two story farmhouse with like four or five different barns you know eight acres cornfields all around so it was like you know, and it's a big family. And, and so imagination was like the best thing that was encouraged from my mom. And, and she always took that a little farther too, because she would, you know, have to entertain all these kids. So, you know, when we're doing sleepovers with friends and tents in the yard, she's coming out in mask and poking tents, you know, and like, it's a very kind young age, you know, where my mom, 
tormenting. I had a lot of friends back in elementary school that refused to ever come back to my house because of, of shenanigans like that, which yeah. is funny. Um, and then, uh, you know, it was like, I remember watching Jaws at a pretty young age, like three, I think. And then I, and then um, she introduced me to, to Halloween when I was seven, I think six or seven. Um, and it, it just, that was it for me. It was like, it was Michael Myers forever, you know? And, it, it, and so from there, it, um, you know, it just never left me. And, and obviously, you know, I, I love, I love comedy. Uh, so it's like horror and comedy and sci-fi are kind of the biggest things for me. Um, but, but yeah, it's always, it's, it's, I've always been a horror kid in comic books. I love comic books and comic book movies and all that stuff too, but you know, it's always been horror. Nice man. Yeah. yeah no, I'm a big, uh, I think it was Halloween for me as well. Mm. Oddly enough, I think I saw one of the sequels before uh, I saw the original one. I think I think it was, I said this on the show like two weeks ago, but um, it was Halloween 4, actually. Oh, it was wow. playing on like AMC Fear Fest like 20 years ago. Yeah. And it was like two o'clock in the afternoon and I was on a Saturday. And I just like, I was always aware of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And... I just remember going like, like Michael Myers scared the shit out of me. <laughs> like, just this <laughs> ominous white mask. Like, and so I put on Halloween four and like people knock on Halloween four now. And I, it just holds a special place in my heart because it was my first one. Uh, although there's like, you know, some clunkiness to it. Like for one scene, yeah. Myers is Michael Myers is wearing his hair is blonde for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has the best. It has the best opening credits. Yes, in, in the entire franchise. Like, there's no topping Halloween four credits. But you know, it's the rest. It's like you said, it's the rest that gets a little clunky. But <laughs> you know, it's we, we forgive it. You know, it's like H two O was the first one I actually got to see in theaters. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm gosh ninety eight. So I'm you know sophomore in high school and. Uh, Michael Myers terrified me, but I was so excited about that movie. And I saw that thing in theaters like eight times because it was just, yeah. you know, it was my first theatrical Michael Myers. I was up watching like Regis and Kathy Lee interviews with like Alan Arkin and stuff. I was like, yes, give me more. Um, so that's, yeah, that's my life. It's just like, you know, it's, it's funny. No, that, like, that's what, that's what I do too. Like I, yeah. if I, cl- if I cling to a movie, I have to watch like mm-hmm. press interviews of everybody involved you know, I'm, I'm watching, you know, during the week Halloween ends dropped. Yeah. Um, like, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is doing press tour after press tour after press tour. Mm-hmm. I even joked to some of my friends. I was just like, I got Jamie Lee coming on tomorrow. And they're like, <laughs> what? I'm like, nah, man. Like, I, I, <laughs> the publicist is awesome. booked up right now. But like, you know, she, I, I watched everything like, you know, I, I have to cling to like, you know, my thing and I need to know everything about it. It's funny. You saw H2O is in theaters. I think my first one in the franchise was Resurrection. Resurrection, yeah. Which I also saw like seven times. It was terrible, but I was, was like awful, seven, but I wanted- yeah, seven times, you know? That's why like when people complain about Halloween kills, like and I and I'm like, I didn't love Halloween kills, but I'm just like, we've seen so much worse in this franchise yeah. that like, you know, like we can't even be mad at like anything. But that's the point of this franchise. It's so silly and so uh, but still so scary. Did you like Halloween ends? I loved it. I loved it. Did you not like it? No, I, I <laughs> you can't do that to me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just I'm, messing with you. I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, and, all right. So, like, a lot of, a, a lot of, like, my inner circle was just like, following ends freaking sucked, man. And I was just like, 
I don't know. When I clicked play on that and that movie started, I remember just like, okay, you got through that opening scene. I won't, you know, for anybody who hasn't, I won't go into detail for anybody listening who has not seen it yet, even though it's available on Peacock and then the movie theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, like once that like opening scene ended, I was like, huh, no. Okay. All right. That's something new. And then it just keeps kind of going with that one character. And I'm just like, where is this going? I don't know, but I was like on board with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, you know, so many people are just like, uh, Michael Myers doesn't do anything and Halloween ends. I'm like, dude, the guy's like 70 years old. Yeah, that's what people don't understand. It's, it's just like, well, you, he just got his, like, yeah, it's four years later. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the last time you saw him, those two movies take place over the same night. You know, like yeah. he gets burned alive. He gets his ass kicked by the entire town of Haddonfield. You know, like, I mean, he he's, gets his fingers shot off. I, you know, like, this is not, this is like your grandpa. Yeah. Like just, yeah, yeah, basically. Know, yeah, he's, Grandpa he, got his ass kicked late in his yeah, life. Like, like yeah. he, he was defeated. He was sad. All that being said, <laughs> I liked Halloween ends, but I think there's some things about it that didn't stick the landing for me. But sure, sure. Um, I, yeah, that's I, I what I actually, thought about Season of the Witch like 10, 15 years ago. And now I think I watched, I've seen watch that three times this month. I don't know. Yeah, that's a thing. About I was it. just about to say is that that I think that's also part of it is is um, like the Halloween three fan base is like you guys are gonna come around on this one because yeah. they're gonna do the same stuff. You know, it's like I I love Halloween three. I mean, I got I got Halloween three tattoos and stuff. So it's <laughs> like you know I I I'm I'm in the camp where people are gonna come around and I and I compared this movie to that just in the sense of like you got something different. You yeah, know, and, and it maybe not what you wanted at this moment in October 2022, but I bet probably if a lot of those people that hated it watch it again next year, they're gonna be like, okay, I see what I see what they were doing here. But you know, cool. Maybe not, maybe not. <laughs> what uh what other like uh titans of the genre are you into? So I mean, uh you know, Scream, West Cray, I mean, that was a game changer as well for me. Um you know, uh, it's it's always been slashers were always a big part of my growing up. You know, so it's yeah. obviously Carpenter, this is Wes Craven, then it's you know Toby Hooper with Texas Chainsaw, it's Evil Dead, it's it's you know it's all the classic stuff. Um, but then as you know, as I started getting into film and, and wanting to do all that, you know, well obviously you know, on top of all that, it's like Spielberg and all the the typical stuff. But then it became more like, you know, like the Danny McBride, the Seth Rogen kind of horror comedies. A lot of that kind of stuff is is really where a lot of my taste comes from. Uh, you know, Takashi Miki, I love Audition. I, I you know, yes. my, my uh, it's uh, it's it's such a, a, a wide variety of like inspirations and, and, and horror love that I have like spread all over. But it, but I will say like the what made me want to do it was slashers and, and, and carpenter and, and craven and them yeah so um interesting dude um i wanted to ask you uh you you've had a because uh, i i only giggled because like when we were emailing back and forth and i mentioned like some of your directorial films that i had seen or i saw i had seen one of them up to that point yeah. um and you were kind of like oh boy <laughs> Uh, but I did watch the stuff you had sent me and I want to talk to you about the, or real quick, just about the impersonators. Yeah. yeah. 
how did that how did that come together like i thought it was cool by the way i thought it was like a cool little like independent you know it just independent little like superhero not really superhero i should say because they're not really superheroes but um um but like how did that come together i think is what i was trying to get at there like it was so it was just it was a fun little comedy it was um so so josh arnold the comedian who stars and co-wrote it with me uh we he's a massive horror fan and and that's sort of he it's he he saw my first film i think um Somehow he saw my first film, Beverly Lane, which was a zombie comedy, like yeah. shot in the dead meet the office sort of thing. Real, real scrappy, low budget. Um, and he, had, we had talked and talked about working together. And so we were developing a few horror comedy kind of concepts to work together or work on together. And then um, I read this article about this guy and I think it was Thailand. Um, it's been a few years, but who dressed up like Batman and he goes and he fights crime. You know, like any, nice. like literally, oh, fight crime. Um, and I thought that was funny. And I thought for a minute, I was like, oh, I, maybe I could write like a, a the raid type movie with that idea, you know. And and, and then I, I was like, oh, it's me. I can't write serious shit. So I, um, I was like, hey, what if we did like a Three Amigos kind of concept with this, where a bunch of superhero party impersonators get roped into just shenanigans and you know it became like okay well yeah we'll do it like this really art like foot fist way type um superhero comedy and and that's kind of how it came about and I, you know i i think that's i think that movie was a lot, a lot of people really enjoyed that movie we it didn't yeah. get out there we, we premiered at the st louis international film festival so that was cool um and a lot of people love it it's still kind of like what a lot of people know my directing from which is always fun because i do think it it, it shows the best of of when you kind of have the resource we had a little bit of resources on that one so but yeah i think it, it was such a fun time that that movie was so much fun to shoot mm-hmm. you know it's just a bunch of people <laughs> running around in spandex and and making the filthiest jokes in the world you know and and, and that's not a bad way to spend your days no no not at all uh, when was that? 2014. Yeah, so we shot. It was. It was about a. I think we started shooting in 2012, um, and we we went back. We we shot a decent amount, and then we watched some of it. We realized, you know, some of it wasn't working, so we went back and did some reshoots. Uh, the like the next summer, and so it was a. It was about a 2012 to 20, early 2014, and then yeah, it premiered in 20. Came out 2014. Um, yeah, so it, 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 it was weird because it lined up with um, it came out around the same time as Chopping Block came out because there was such a delay in, in release and filming. So it was it went from like wham, bam. I had two movies out and, and then and then nothing. <laughs> but, but it's OK. So well, do you because like I know like you you do a lot of writing and obviously we'll get into something you've uh, a couple other things you've done in just a minute. But like, do you do you still aspire to maybe continue directing? Like, do you have the directing bug full on? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I, I do. I, um, what's, what's funny is, is I tried to make glorious is going to be my fourth film. Yeah. Um, at the time it was, it was called, um, old glory. And so that was, I was going to direct that movie. I spent probably three years trying to make that. Um, the problem was I, is all I directed was comedy. Um, and so trying to go into like 
a love crafty and serious thing was a really hard pitch and a really hard sell. Um, and so just one thing after the other kind of led that one to where it is, which I'm so grateful and happy about. But as you know, we've, we've gone down this journey of glorious and a few other things have panned out. I, I really do want to get back into it. And, and there's some stuff that, um, and, and some of the producers on glorious want me to get back to directing. And so there's a lot of things that are being, discussed as a potential and so i but i won't rush back into it until i know that um the resources are there and, yeah. and everybody on taking care of I, you know like i spent so long trying to make movies out of indiana with with no money and no um you know like just doing it the wrong way and 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 i refuse to do that again because it's just a it, it'll kill you because i mean it, it was literally yeah i was having fun but but i it's the worst you know, health I've ever been in the worst mental health. It was just, you know, it'll, it'll break you. And on top, you know, it's not, you know, I'm back then I was working in a restaurant. So it was like, I'm doing restaurant management all day long. And then, and then yeah. try to make, you know, and, and have a family trying to spend time, you know, and, it, and it, it's that's just, a tough enough industry as it is while trying to make yeah, movies. Yeah. It became too much. And, it, and, and so now I'm at a point, you know, where, where I do have the, um, my, you know, my daughter's 17. I'm with the brewery gig that they're very flexible. Um, and, and now I have the opportunity to actually probably really do it the proper way, especially now that Indiana has the, um, they just set in motion this year systems for filming. So a lot of things have kind of lined up to where I think maybe I'll get back behind a camera next year, hopefully. So nice, dude. I didn't know Indiana yeah. was popping that well with, uh, filmmaker like i think you're like the only filmmaker i think i know in india not that i know like a filmmaker per state but like yeah, yeah, I, I never really like met a filmmaker from indiana I, 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 you know but uh yeah there's uh zach parker's from indy uh from indiana and he did uh you know scalene and and oh. quench and he, he was actually he was like the he's like the king of of indiana filmmaking where like he when i got into it he was like he, he's, he's the guy and then there was a few others and then I, and then they kind of, you know, they all, everybody's kind of gone about their life a little differently since we all made movies last, just because the state was uh, challenging for us all to get financing, you know, because there's no tax rebates and, and it's just, it's hard to make movies in Indiana. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so we're, we're trying and, and there's been a lot of great people doing work behind the scenes to, to make sure that, that Indiana does compare with you know chicago and and michigan and a lot of places like that that are nearby yeah no that's cool that's cool yeah um well look let's let's jump into glorious right now let's uh it's a big thing for you this year um to kind of see how this to to, to know how i really want to know how this thing came together at least from your perspective as a co-writer on it you said you've been trying to make this thing on your own for three years. Well, how did it, you know, kind of get into the hands of a few other big name people in the genre? Yeah. So it, it, it's a long, it's a really long story. I'm not going to bore you with all the details of how every, I mean, well, wait, this is a podcast. This is what that's. Go ahead. I don't Um, care, man. (laughs) So um, I was trying, you know, like, so after impersonators, I was trying to make a cut. I was trying to, switch gears in my filmmaking career, right? Like we just talked about. And so I was trying to um, go a little serious, go a little more horror focused. Um, and 
And I had met Todd Rigney, who is a writer out of Kentucky. Really, uh, I don't know if you ever saw Found, but um, he mm. he is it, it's the it's about a, a a teenage kid who finds out his brother's a serial killer, and it's really um, he wrote the he wrote the novel the novella that that movie was based on, and so him and I just connected, and I and we were talking about making and kind of collaborating on a different project. He had a book coming out called Mirth which is sort of, I can describe as train spotting meets nightmare on Elm street, where it's about uh, a guy who takes a pill and it takes him back to his happiest memories in life. Like he can actually like walk through his, and I loved it. So I adapted that into a screenplay. We tried to make that movie, but it was just, it was so big. It was like gigantic, you know, and it was like such a stupid thing for me to be like, I can make this movie in 2015, 2016, you know, and, and, and it's like a gigantic obviously it's it's train spotting meets nightmare Elm Street. So there's a lot of effects and a lot of practical effects a lot of digital effects that would have happened so we we spent about a year trying to get that off the ground realized it wasn't going to happen so i said do you have anything else that's smaller that you that we can do realistically he said well i do have this story about a guy in a lovecraftian glory hole and he has to you know he has to, he has to, you know, make love to the Lovecrafting glory hole to save the world. And I was like, whoa, will you say that one more time? And he did. And, uh, and I was like, I have never seen that movie. And, uh, he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was just like, yes, absolutely. I don't know why, you know, this is like, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, it's like, it was just a pitch that I'd never heard in my life. And I was like, I have, to, yes, I have to be involved with this. Um, Give me your glory hole story. Um, and so we, he, I'm just picturing this like developed... pitch meeting between the two of you right now. For <laughs> it's just in my head, and you're like, glory hole, Lovecraft. Holy, yeah, shit. It's, <laughs> it's as exciting as this. I think it was just like, I was like, you know, like a like a blown mind gif. I was just like, what did you just say? Um, and so he developed it. it at the time, it was like this cabin in the woods sort of government conspiracy thing where where the government was keeping this lovecraftian god in order to like keep the the world alive you know and so he scaled it back and i was like well what if it's just you know like this is still too big what if it's just a guy in a rest stop with a glory like a lovecraftian glory hole in this rest stop and, and so he he wrote a draft of the script and then he passed it off to me and then i sort of took it over and developed it over like the next two to three years was really, really like just hardcore. I mean, so many drafts of this thing where it should, and we were actually going to shoot the, we we're going to make the movie in the back of the brewery here. We, we, we had a big, um, big open wear space. We were going to build the bathroom. We we're going to do in anyway. Um, so that's how it, that's how it happens. It was just much like, like they do. We were talking that we, we tried to make a different project and it, we just couldn't get it off the ground. So, luckily we lucked out with a Lovecrafting glory hole. Um, and so that's part one of the story, you know, uh, it, and then part two is once I realized I wasn't going to be able to make this movie, um, just cause setback after setback, I was like, okay, I'm going to set it. I'm going to shelve it for a while. Well, that while was when I decided I wasn't going to make it was, um, <laughs> April, 2020 or yeah. Um, uh, no, sorry. February 2020 was when I was like, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna set this down. 
And then, you know, obviously March 2020 comes around and the entire world sort of, of goes to hell. Sort of, it goes to hell. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we all found ourselves just sitting around. Um, and Jason Goldberg, one of the producers on the film, he he had been in lockdown with his young daughter at the time. And he said, he, po- he made a post basically that just said, uh, I'm just sitting at home with my child. I have nothing to do. If you, if anybody has any scripts that I can read, send them my way. I would, I'll, I'll read stuff that that'll be interesting. Right. When the hell do you get an opportunity like that? (laughs) Yeah. It was, was, and we've really had to clarify this story because once we tell this story, everybody's like, shit, I'm going to send my script to him on Facebook. I'm like, Oh no, 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 we didn't do that. It wasn't like that. But, um, so I sent him, um, I wrote a sort of, uh mock not mockumentary but i i wrote a making of evil dead comedy script you know about sam raimi and bruce campbell and and rob and them making the movie uh it was sort of uh uh the 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 james franco movie about about um oh uh, the the disaster artist the disaster artist so it was the death it it was it was essentially a disaster artist but evil dead um and i did that script to him and he loved it and he was like whoa what else do you have we can't make this. And I was like, Oh yeah, I was just sending it to He was like, well, what else do you have? And I said, well, I have this Lovecraftian Gloriole script. And he was like, what did you just say? <laughs> and so it was kind of a repeat of that. And so I sent it to him. He read it that night. The next day he said, I have a friend that would love this. Do you mind if I send it to her? And I was like, sure. That friend was Rebecca. Nice. Um, he sent the script to Rebecca. She read it immediately and two days later we were all on a zoom locking in the deal to 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 for her to just take the script and and go make the movie and so it was it went um yeah so i mean this it was like a four-day thing where like he read the script she read the script we got on a zoom on a sunday and by monday she was out pitching the movie so you know with her with her representations and stuff so it was it was such a but but this wouldn't none of that would have ever happened without the world you know being yeah. what it was at the time and i <laughs> my favorite pandemic, thing to is you it would have never had this movie so it, it only took a worldwide pandemic for people to care about my writing right so it's like uh <laughs> so it's, but no it's like um it was such a wild journey and and it, and it continued to be just this insane journey uh, where you know once Rebecca and Jay came on Christian came on then then Morgan came on and then you know it's like six months later I, I get a, a text that Barbara Crampton's a producer on the film yeah. and I'm just like what has happened you know and, it, it, and that's and that was the, that's still the journey you know like we'll wake up today or, or like tomorrow there'll be more headlines about the movie that we're just all like this is so surreal but me specifically as like I, I've been I'm having the time of my life with this movie, you know, and, and, it, and it's all, it's all because of, you know, how, how well that team executed and how perfect material met, you know, Rebecca, like the perfect person to bring this to life. So, it's, so that's long story short. That's how it happened. Sorry. I kind of went off on a big, no, that uh, is such a freaking awesome story, dude. <laughs> like I, you know how many like screen myself included, like people, during March, April, 2020 screenwriters or just writers in general are like, I'm making my dream script. Yeah. And 
I mean, I didn't make my dream script, but I just started freaking vomit drafting anything I could. And like, I mean, I didn't, I would say like now I have better connections than I did two years ago. So like couldn't really send any, any of this stuff anywhere at the time. And like the fact that you got that done in that time frame, that, that that's just, that's it, just it, incredible. That's all, you know, that like I didn't like, it's all a testament to like Jason and, 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 yeah. and that whole team, you know, taking a chance where, you know, they, they, he could have just been like, no, I'm not interested. And I'd still be in the same boat um, that I was then. But I, I just look at it like, it's so funny. Um, you know, again, I mess mentioned my first film that I made the script, the Beverly Lane. I, and I remember sending press release, like for this little thing that nobody should have ever cared about, sending a press release to Rebecca when she was at Fangoria 10 years, you know, 12 yeah. years ago. And it's just, you know, the journey of, of all these people that like throughout the years, I've just made connections with and just try to build friendships and, and not for any, not just to, you know, like, Oh gosh, if I'm, if I'm, connect with them they'll get something made it was just like genuinely as a horror fan and as a person who just loves filmmaking and i w- i just wanted to connect with as many as, as i could and 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 it's so weird how all those relationships sort of take this turn you know where they can every ask every relationship can impact the future of a project and 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 so since that you know it was like so that was march or april april was kind of really when it was like this is happening in june that's when i signed with my management company so it was like that whole stretch of like lockdown was the craziest thing in the world and it's still you know and it's still going there but it's just it all changed so much and it's still it's still and it's all it's all because of a lovecrafting glory hole <laughs> there it is that is going to be the title of this episode it's all because of <laughs> Thank it's like you. my legacy now is so funny. Like I'll get so many text messages from people passing by, like, oh, I was I was on the road and I was gonna stop at this rest stop. I remember your movie, and so I don't want to do that anymore. So I kept draw, you know, kept driving, like like just so many funny texts and stuff, and I love it. It's so much fun. Well, look, I, I we just went through all that, and maybe we should specify a little bit. I mean, obviously, maybe people can connect the dots with the overall plot of the movie, but elevator pitch for, for what exactly is glorious <laughs> well rebecca rebecca's so good at, at, at doing the elevator pitch that like i would screw it up i will say what it is is it's a um a guy is on a stop rest stop um gets a little drunk talking with him what you think is this innocent conversation then turns into this massive implications for the universe with our hungover Ryan Quentin and it, and it, and it, and, and the voice voiced by the incredible JK Simmons, um, you know, and so it's, it just becomes this two man, two, two, one man, maybe one God, maybe you don't know. We don't know what it is at this point, you know, and, and it becomes this two hander between them and, and, you know, and it escalates every moment. Once you think it's not going to go bigger, it goes bigger or takes a left turn. It takes a right turn. You know, every time you think yeah. you know what's going to come, you don't know what's going to happen next. And, and, and Yeah, no, it's a uh, for a primarily one location film. Uh, there's a lot of cool twists and turns that happen in that bathroom. 
that like, yeah. look, I won't look, I know a lot of movies in the last two years. I've interviewed filmmakers who've made a lot of films like these where it's a primarily one location because of, you know, COVID and, you know, the money they got for it because of social distancing and whatnot. And right. like, I feel like sometimes, you know, pretty much anybody who I've had on this show has made a good example of a kind of movie like that. But like, there's movies out there where it's like, it's one location and by like 45 minutes in, you're just like, this is you dragging. Uh, yeah. Glor Glorious did not do that. Like, I just Thank loved you. the tonal shift. I don't want to say tonal shift. It keeps a solid tone, but just like, I'm thinking like, oh, this is funny and it's going to be scary. And like I said at the top of the show, like last 30 minutes, I was just like, oh, I feel fucking awful right now. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think that, and that's what it is, 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 and this was a talk that, I mean, I, I had with myself, obviously, a lot while writing so many drafts of it. Um, and so, but then once Rebecca and, and Morgan and Jason and Christian came on board, it was like, how do you keep it interesting? How do you not, right. you know, how do you not want, like, the audience has to want to stay in this bathroom. You know, for you know, like if your audience is like, get me out of this bathroom, then there's a problem. And they and they really worked a long time at, at perfecting that. Um, just in in uh, in in rewrites on the script, in production, and then in the edit. You know, so it's like they really spent a lot of time uh, hammering that home. Just how how they spent a lot of time, uh, yeah, yeah. making sure that was yeah, yeah. And then um, you know, they they worked on that. In rewrites, in production, and on and in the edit. So then you can really tell how how much work went into it. Yeah. Did you ever get to meet uh, Doctor Rebecca McKendry in person? I did. So I. That's the other aspect of this that that people have found just insanely ridiculous is that uh, I didn't. I never met any of these people in person. Yeah. Until. Um, the movie was done. I, I went up to Virginia to, she was having a hometown screening of the movie. Yeah. Uh, this was a week after we premiered at Fantasia. And so I took the, it's like an eight hour drive. I went out there to meet her and then, um, yeah, so that was awesome. And then the next week she was like, when are we going to get you out to LA? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And then, you know, like a week and a half later, they had the LA premiere and I was like, well, screw it. I'll just go. So I took my daughter and we went out to LA and that's where I met Jason for the first time in person. I met Morgan for the first time in person. I met Barbara Crampton, all these people like you know, that we made this journey with that I had never met until we were watching the movie together. It was awesome. Yeah. That, that's... And, and, and Rebecca is just, she's, she is wonderful. Yeah. No, I, I've been listening to her, um, podcasts i've listened to colors of the dark religiously I'm, I'm a few episodes behind i think that's what happens when you have a podcast yourself you fall behind on the podcast that you <laughs> listen to um but i listened to yeah her and elric kane over on colors of the dark yep. she's a dream guest i might look into i don't know we'll see down the road when she's not busy but um yeah Elric the q a that night with everybody and that was super cool as well because i yeah, i'm just a fan of their podcast it was super nice yeah. to meet him and just talk yeah yeah, no, they they've done they've done a lot cool of uh, a lot, lot cool. Yeah, they've done a lot of cool podcasts over the past like decade or so. So oh yeah, yeah, and plus you know they're both making some pretty cool movies. I think she went out and shot another one while Glorious dropped on Shutter. Um, yeah, yeah, no, oh, I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, that, that is, you live like the dream right there with that thing being made. I'm kind of freaking jealous right now, but anyway, uh, <laughs> well, glorious is streaming on shutter. I wrote up a little review of it, uh, for phasermedia.com back in, uh, I think the day it dropped the article released. Uh, yeah, it, it's just such a, I, I forget how I worded it in the article, but like just the cosmic gore of it all too was just so much fun to watch um no it was a real beautiful treat like i i really enjoyed the movie i probably said that 50 times already on this episode um yeah good shutter and then um there'll be it's on shutter and then there'll be news soon about um a regular VOD release and then, and then uh, I think physical release. So we'll have that news probably soon. I would expect. Nice. Nice. Um, before I wrap things up, I do want to touch on one thing. Uh, you have a really, I, I don't have the book yet. I haven't bought it, but let me just say Christmas is coming for me. And <laughs> you wrote uh, underexposed the 50 greatest movies never made uh, that got published. I think this past year or so let's do a little plug because I actually kind of look forward to maybe getting my hands on this thing. Yeah, it's um, that was, that was another one of those crazy set. I've had a lot of crazy scenarios over the last three years or so. Um, and that was a, that was one of them where um, I don't uh, you know. I don't know how much time I have, so I don't want to, Go, you know, I don't want to take you take too much. This was 2019, um, and and I'm a massive poster art fan. Uh, I love the alternative poster poster scene, um, and I and I've been a fan and following this site called Poster Spy for years and years and years. Um, and in 2019, they they did a call out that they were looking for writers to join to start writing about poster art and stuff like that. Um, and so I, I pitched a, a column about never made movies and then having artists create poster art for those movies. Um, I just thought it would be a cool column. I, you know, like, um, and Jack, the, the owner of posters was like, this is not a, this is not a, a column, you know? And I was like, okay, all right. You know, he's like, no, this is a book. And I was like, oh, well, I, I've never, <laughs> I've never written a book before, you know? And he's like, well, that's a, can you, you know, like, he's like, I got a contact. Can you try? <laughs> Let me pitch the premise. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll pitch the premise to my contact. He didn't say who the contact was or anything like that. Um, so he got back to the next day. He's like, they're interested. Can you write a book proposal? I was like, I don't sure. I guess I could try. So I write like a five page book proposal, sent it to, he sent it to his contact, his mysterious contact. Um, kind of went like that for two weeks where I had to finally build up to like a, 60 page book proposal that had the whole thing and then they were like yeah we want to do this book and it was abrams it was like one of the massive publishers in in new yeah. york you know who wanted to do this book and so because i've obviously never written a book before they wanted me to write three of them to to show that i could actually write uh which you know after some of my film reviews on the impersonators and chopping blocks some people don't really know if i can write but um <laughs> so it, it it became a. Uh, <laughs> um so yeah it went from a uh, book deal like book pitch to book deal in like three months and then um again it was a 2020 scenario where the book was supposed to come out later 2020 or early 21 i think uh well no late 2020 and then pandemic pushed everything back um and so you know i spent 
my a good chunk of my 2019 writing that book and then um gearing up for release in 2020 it got pushed back so it it just came out um last may in may 21 and so it's been it's been really it's it was uh you know a wonderful experience i i had so much fun and it actually gave me a lot of structure in my writing um because i had to get up every day and write you know like there's a deadline and, and i had never had a deadline with the screenwriting stuff so it actually gave me a, a really good structure that i haven't lost since then so like you know i write a ton and so it's really helped out but it's such a fun book we have 50 artists from all over the world not just not just the u.s it's like everywhere and we're tackling unmade carpenter movies and unmade spielberg movies and just there's 50 of them 50 each artist tackles the movie they do this beautiful poster art for them and then i write an essay about what the movie was supposed to be and what happened and why it didn't get made and then um yeah it's all in a 200 plus page book it's all it's gorgeous so um i was incredibly lucky with that that experience yeah, I, I I was um the link you sent me. I was kind of scrolling through some of the pages a little bit. Um, yeah, here I got it right here. There was uh, I think it was like Halloween three D was in there. Yeah, Halloween three D. I don't know if you can see really well, but yeah, I can see. What you're doing. Uh, there's like Justice League, Mortal. You know, oh, there's uh, oh, dude, yes, like Hellboy the third Hellboy movie that was supposed to get made. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there. Uh, sorry. That was kind of gave you a shaky cam there for a minute. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, it just makes me want to, I'll, um, I'll definitely be a, you might get a little royalty check from me down the road at some point. Cause I, cause I love books. I <laughs> yeah. love books like that. I, um, I mean, I'm looking right over here. I got the, uh, Roger Corman en encyclopedia book basically with all his like crazy movie posters and, there's a few others I could suggest, but um, no, that that's definitely yeah. something in my alley. Yeah, I think it's just you know it's it's one of those things that you know I had so much struggle making movies after Chopping Block and Impersonators that it was kind of like I wanted people to kind of know that struggle, you know, that even like instead of beating myself up about not being able to get the movies made, that like some of the biggest like Guillermo del Toro can't even get movies made sometimes, you know, Steven Spielberg yeah. can't even get movies made, uh, you know? And so it's like, instead of it being more like a, a, Oh, sorry, this didn't happen. It's more like a, come on, like you, we can still do this. Like these guys still can't do it, but, but are still doing it even after they've told me, you know? So it's like, that was supposed to be a champion champion. A lot of aspiring film artists just, you know, don't get knocked. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's a that's a solid mic drop moment there. All right, uh, <laughs> no, that's cool. I actually heard um, Steven Spielberg still gets nervous going to set on the first day. Like, yeah, you know, here's a guy seventy five yeah. years old, I think now making West Side Story mm -hmm. and whatever else he has coming down the pipeline. I mean, that was a year ago, but uh, like, still gets those jitters of like going to set, and it's just kind of a testament to like probably how much he still cares about the craft, which I think is kind of cool. And that is the thing. Yeah. That's the, it, it, if you stop caring like that, you know, like even like for me, the idea of making another movie is like a nerve wracking thing, but like, that's how I know. Yeah. Uh, I still want to do it. You know, if, it's, if it makes you nervous, that means, you know, I'm sure I, 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 you know, I'm sure you get nervous every time you do a podcast, you know, cause you know, really? you know, you might have, you know, it's things like your passion. You're nervous about messing it up. You're nervous about all this stuff, but that's how you know you love it and you're passionate about it. So yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, 
this is the part of the show. And I think you've teased a couple things maybe a little bit. Uh, but I understand how non-disclosure agreements work. Um, but <laughs> if you have anything you can maybe plug that's coming down the pipeline, uh, whether it's in writing, uh, in potential directing, or even if you're just brewing some cool beer over there in Indiana, uh, uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, unfortunately, nothing is, is um, there's nothing locked in for what's going to be next as far as the screenwriting further. I mean, there's a bunch, bunch of projects out and, you know, I mean, I adapted this home invasion book called anybody home that's doing really well right now. And I hope that's the next project. Um, uh, the team and the team is out there trying to get that thing off the ground, but I was uh, lucky enough to be able to take a stab at that book. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot. You know, and, and, and again, I don't even know if like that will happen, but it's just like, that was my initial first project after kind of glorious was trying to get that thing made. And, and, and I, hope it, I hope it gets made, but um, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that's just out there in the universe. I'm working on a new book um, that I hope to have done by the end of the year. Um, and then it's my, it's going to be my first fiction horror. So it's not, it's not nonfiction or anything. So um, hopefully that'll be something that there's interest for, you know, um, I don't know. I'm just trying to do things that I've always wanted to do, you know, and, and I, now I have a little bit of, of, you know, there's some people that are interested. And so I, it's, it's making things a lot of fun right now. Um, I'm, I'm no longer just writing and wishing for things to happen. I'm, I'm actually writing and things could happen. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a big, it's a big step up the ladder where you go from, this is never going to happen to the, Hey, this might happen, but it yeah. might not still. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we're always putting out great beer here and, and always, there's always something happening. It's the easiest way to find is to go to our website, scarletlanebrew.com. And we do events throughout the year. We, we do a lot of exciting things that I think a lot of horror fans and just beer fans in general will, will enjoy. So cool. that's pretty much all I have. Cool. Cool. Uh, if we wanted to, where could we maybe find you on the interwebs? So I am at on Twitter, Instagram, both the same, the same username to make it easy for people to, to find me and, and tell me how much you don't like my work is at Joshua, the hall, uh, uh, all lowercase uh, J O S H U A T H E H U L L. Um, I'm on Facebook, you know, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find if people want to find me. Right. Yeah, people really tell you like how much they don't like your work. <laughs> like, no, no, and I don't want them to start. Uh, no, uh, they, no, not for a couple of years. You know, it's, okay. been, it's been a nice. Break. <laughs> I'll cut so, that part out. No, it's all been wonderful. Don't it's all DM been. him thinking you think his work sucks. Just move on with your life, okay? <laughs> or do or no. <laughs> Well, this was an honor to have you on the show. Um, big fan of Glorious. Big fan of, uh, I'm, I don't even have the book yet, but I'm a big fan of uh, Underexposed. I'm going to get my hands on that down the road at some point. Um, yeah, man, this is a hell of a way to cap off October. Thank you so much for having me. And, th and you know, thank you just for, for the support and for liking the movie so much. Definitely do. And this episode happened all because of a Lovecraftian glory hole. Take care. <laughs> See you next week on The Basement.